every year. I take great care in placing candles on the table for the remembrances that we share this day. I'm not sure exactly when in my ministry I started this tradition, but it's been going on for a number of years now. And it brings to mind each time as I place a candle on the table, all of the names of those saints that have gone before us. The saints of this past year, but the saints that we have known in our lives. Just this morning, I got a memory on Facebook, and that table looks different every year. Six years ago, it looked like a half a dozen, or a dozen names or so on that table, a dozen candles on that table. Last year, I remembered I was worried I wouldn't fit all the candles on the table. In fact, as I showed uh, Bill this morning, the taper that I used last year actually bent, the metal belt bent because of all the heat from lighting all of the candles last year. We each hold these deaths in our hearts in different ways. We hold them in our minds in different ways. We have different experiences of them. I can think of several of the saints that we named today that I saw within a couple of hours of their death knowing that that death was coming, knowing that that death was near, and we commended them to God's care, commended them to that eternal life promised to us in baptism through our Lord Jesus Christ. Each one of those candles holds special meaning, especially for the one whose family member, whose loved one is named in those candles. For me this year, I remember my sister-in-law, whose name we read this morning. And I think about the things, uh, what we recognize in our grief is that we recognize that grief sneaks up on, on us at different times. For her, her favorite holiday was Halloween. And so just this past week, we got to uh, be through that first Halloween without her here, without her costumes that she would make for the children, the things that she would do to celebrate as part of our family. And it's something that we all experience in different ways and we all experience uh, in, in our lives at different times. I heard something this week in one of the podcasts that I listened to. And it's, a, and it's a simple, simple statement. But yet in such simplicity, it speaks to something that's so true for us as Christians, but it's so true for the whole world. It's, it's so true for everyone. And the quote is this, and I apologize. It's, it's two sisters. It's one of the sisters that quoted this. I don't know which one. Their names are Tenby or Attica Locke. But the quote is this. Any conversation about death is a veiled conversation about life. Let me say it one more time. Any conversation about death is a veiled conversation about life. Whenever we remember 
Whenever we share stories of a loved one that we have lost, whether they're good stories or not as good stories, it speaks to something about how it is that we want to live in life as we move forward. In many ways, those stories can change the way we look at the way we act in the world around us. Because we make a decision, do we want to be this way or do we want to be that way? But I also think this quote has something to say to us in our understanding of who we are as God's people, as Christ's church called to be together in this place. Because it's in the waters of baptism where the old self in us is drowned and we are raised to new life. You can't have baptism, you have death, but it's also a conversation about life and it's not veiled. We make it very clear that it's a conversation about life as well. When we talk about Jesus' death, we can't help but talk about Jesus' resurrection. It's not a veiled conversation at that point. It's just who we are. It's what we proclaim. It's what we understand and believe. But there are other times. There are other times when we are a bit more timid, when we may be thinking that we're talking about death, but we're really having a veiled conversation about life. This day carries with it so many things, so many things that we can lift up as a part of our understanding of who we are as God's people. But this year I'm reminded again of the communion of saints that great band of all who have been baptized over the centuries joining together in this faith, that we believe join together with us whenever we come to this table, whenever we come to this table to hear those words for you, for the forgiveness of sins, that whole communion of saints is gathered around us. When you come to this table, it should feel crowded. It shouldn't feel like you have all, all the space in the world. It should feel crowded because of all the people who gather with us in this place as well. As I was talking with Pastor Sarah about this and talking about her sister and some of those memories they share even in the midst of coming to the table for this celebration, there may be times when siblings are still mad about the stuff that's on the wrong side of the room. There may be times where siblings are still throwing elbows to get a little more space in the back seat of the car. So even if our relationships weren't perfect with the saints who gather around us, even if our memories aren't all full of joy and peace and hope, we still recognize that in Christ Jesus we have all been made saints and we all come to this table together. Nadia Boltzweber simply says, this isn't some saints day, this is all saints day. So that we recognize that each one of us has our place at the table 
has our place in the memory of Christ, has our place as baptized and beloved children of God, as children of God called over and over again to come to this meal to hear those words given for you for the forgiveness of sins. And if you don't quite believe those words, I hope one of the saints around you gives you a little nudge, brings it forward in your memory, helps you to hear that this message is for you. This message is for you. No matter what is happening in your world this day, no matter what loved one you remember, no matter the grief that you feel, no matter the pain of this life. And the last thing I want to say about this, because it's an important piece, is it's important that we feel the things that we feel. Grief is one of those things where some days you can feel angry, some days you can feel disappointed, some days you can just feel lost, some days you can feel a whole host of emotions. It's all grief. And the problem when we don't grieve the way we need to, when we don't grieve, when we don't allow that emotion to be expressed, is that we just push it down inside of us. And, you know, living in this part of the country that we live in, when we push that grief down inside of us, then we become a little bit like the volcanic mountains around us. Not, sure, not knowing for sure what moment, not knowing for sure what instance might cause that to erupt. So in the midst of our grief, it's okay to feel any host of emotions. It's okay to yell those at the ethos, to speak those to God, to claim them as our own. God not only can handle those thoughts and feelings, but God welcomes them. You saints of God, you holy people, as I like to call you, know that this promise is for each of you, that God loves you so much that you are God's beloved child, surrounded by the grace, that grace, and that love of God. Know that this meal that will be shared is for you. And know that we do this for the sake of the world that God has made. Amen.